0: Hi, folks, I'm Jamie Hiles.
1: I'm Lydia Judy.
2: And I'm Derek Lamaster.
0: This is Scream Bloody Movies, the podcast where we discuss the horror news, review a movie each week, and then aconize that movie. Uh, Derek, why were you so slow on the intro?
2: I'm starting to feel this whine. <laughs> I can
0: tell. Though it's going to be great when we try to synchronize Scream Bloody Movies at the end of this podcast. I can not wait.
2: It's going to be the best.
0: For that. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing?
1: Doing okay.
2: I made it. So that's half the battle.
0: That is half the battle. That's true. Um, you guys. So we have some horror news this week. Not as much as last week. And not quite as many interesting tidbits. But I'm really excited to talk about today's episode. I think it was a the movie we reviewed this week, Candyman. Yeah, spoiler, if you haven't read the title of the episode. is uh is, I think it's going to be fun to dissect and to dive into. But before we do that, let's get on to the movie news. So let's start with this. I found out this is interesting. Um... So I guess Bad Robot is doing a TV series version of The Shining called Overlook Hotel that explores untold stories of the Overlook Hotel. Um, It was originally supposed to be, it was directed by, uh, well, let's see, what does it say here? Uh, It was originally supposed to be on HBO Max,
1: but they passed on it but it
0: appears that uh, it's finding a new home. It says uh, the company and studio Warner Brothers are currently shopping the show, which is expected to land in a new home soon. So it doesn't have a home yet, but uh, they felt like it was not a good fit for the HBO Max. What do you think about the idea of an Overlook Hotel series? Love it. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of stories that, that can be told in theory using I mean, the Overlook as the you know, yeah. hub.
2: Yeah, um, I uh, just, I mean, ironically, I just watched uh, like a little YouTube video. It was, wasn't a little. It was like 20 minutes long, but it was a review of the movie, the mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick movie, mm-hmm. and just how meticulous he was uh, yeah. about that movie and the way that shots were arranged and what they could mean. I think that that's, I had never heard, like, the perspective that they took um, about that movie. I had not heard that before, but as they were going through it, and maybe it's just the power of suggestion, but, like, I was like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. It was, uh, do you want me to tell you what the, real quick, what the perspective was? Uh, Sure. So it was that uh, Shelley Long's character had, Mental illness, and Jack was not mentally ill. (laughs) So all the stuff that was happening. Oh, so that's a imagining. It's a different
0: twist on it. I see. Yeah, but
2: anyway, it was it was interesting to uh, like the way they dissected it. not movie for that perspective, but just how uh, intense Stanley Kubrick was.
0: Yes, he's very intense. Uh, I would like to say that I am not as intense of a director.
1: I would hope not to
0: be. I also wish that was a tenth as talented. But uh, what are you going to do? You have to take one or the other. Great chess player. Yeah. Uh, Lydia, so um, you're a fan of The Shining, yeah?
1: Yeah. So you think this has legs as a series? Definitely. I've always been kind of obsessed with the idea of going to the Stanley Hotel. And I always bring it up anytime somebody's like, we need to go on a vacation. I'm like, let's go to the Stanley Hotel. And nobody ever wants to go. Hey, we'll go.
2: Because they built an entire... Did they build a hotel for this? For that movie?
1: I think so. Yeah, I think it's just sets. Yeah, I think they built the hotel for sure. Um, So it's not, obviously, the Stanley. But um, that's probably the closest thing I will ever get to uh, wanting to go. But yeah, I think there's definitely a ton of stories they could come up with for that and i love spinoffs with the stephen king universe so i'm down i'll watch it yeah so
2: real quick i know we're spending a lot of time on this topic is this going to be a limited series or it's just going to be a running series
0: doesn't say doesn't say it appears to be a tv series like that's going to last for a few minutes
2: You know, uh, the last thing I'll say about this is I would be more of a fan of it being a limited series because inevitably,
0: in any series,
2: you run out of material.
0: Well, it depends on what the it depends on what the end goal is. If the goal is just to tell like a weekly series that's not serialized, then you can go for as long as you wanted. I mean, think of like a Tales from the Crypt style. Um, Now that
2: would yeah, that's a little different. I would have like a Tales from the
0: Crypt style uh, stories that. You know, but they all tie into the Overlook Hotel. That would make sense. Uh, only if you had Jack Nicholson as the crib keeper. <laughs>
1: oh, my God.
2: <laughs> He's getting there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be excellent. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, guys, this news. I don't know what you're, how you guys are going to feel about it. but So there's a new Predator movie coming out yep. again. Uh, this movie is called Skull. It's an origin story about the first time a predator comes to Earth, and filming is almost completed on this. What do you guys, A, think about a new predator movie, and B, think about this concept?
1: You wanna go first on this one, Derek?
2: Sure. So, uh, like their, their thing is that they hunt for, kind of sport, but like it's the tradition right? They try to find the hardest prey. I just don't know how, because I, uh, just judging based on some of the the previous movies, and really back to, uh, Predator 2 with Danny Glover, where he throws him that old-style gun. So you, you, like that one item lets you realize they've been here for a long time. I just don't know how interesting of a story that is if you're hunting a primitive man. Well, I don't know. I, I like the Predator franchise, but, uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work out.
0: Lydia.
1: Yeah, um my initial thought was like I'm excited cuz I love the Predator and I love seeing that. I love I love the character of like just an alien running around. Um I've always liked the Predator. My mom was like obsessed with it, so um but yeah, I didn't think about that. Like when is this going to take place?
0: Um so according to this it says uh the plan was for skull to let's see uh so it has a uh, comanche woman who goes against gender norms and traditions to become a warrior so we're at least dealing with the comanche tribe all Um, right
1: i'm excited now he reveals you know what that they it's... should have
2: done? They should have set it in, like, Old Japan. They should have faced off
0: against
1: samurai. Oh, that would be cool.
0: Yeah, you just want to see a predator killed with a samurai sword, Derek. Don't you even lie about it.
2: Or ninjas. Hey, I'm just saying they probably would have been a uh, better challenge.
0: So, um, yeah, it says the story is more akin to The Revenant than it does any film in a predator canon. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, also...
2: So concerning is the is the predator the bear
0: (laughs) i'm guessing i'm
2: guessing uh so it
0: sounds interesting uh i mean anything i was i was pretty hyped about uh the predator the newest one when it was coming out because it's directed by shane black written by shane black and frank decker i was all in i was like i love those guys as a writing team and i love uh, shane black's movies um and then I watched it, and it is not good.
1: <laughs> I've not seen it. I've
2: seen it is
0: not good.
1: Places. I'm trying to remember which one you're talking about.
0: It's the newest one. The one with... Uh, 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 Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn's in it. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key's in it. Thomas James in it. Um,
2: A giant-ass predator. There's in a
0: giant-ass movie. predator
1: in it. Okay, yeah.
0: The super predator, as they right.
1: call it. Yep, yep, yep.
0: Uh, which is what I also call Congressman from uh, Florida.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, not, not that it
2: would be a challenge. It might be a challenge. They should have set this on Krypton. Well,
0: they they yeah. can't set it on Krypton. They're two completely <laughs> different stories. They like can do two whatever compl- they want. They can't. They don't have the rights, man.
2: You know what? I would have
0: called it like
2: Venton,
0: and then okay. alluded to. Listen. Drink your wine and be quiet. I'm going to move on to the next story here in a second. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, I think it'll definitely be better than uh, the, the latest one we got. I, in my opinion, there's really only one great Predator movie, and it's Predator. Um, I like Predator 2 for what it is. It's fine. I really enjoyed Robert Rodriguez's uh, produced uh, Predators with Adrian Brody. I think that's pretty I solid. I like that one, too. Yep. Alien versus Predator movies.
1: Mm. I liked AVP. AVP 2.
0: AVP 2, I am not a fan of. You can't see what's going on. It's too dark. Literally. No, that like, is true. It's like they filmed it during the Black Elf.
2: Yeah, I didn't like the AVP movies be- because they were a alien or a Predator movie. Yeah. Just as a
0: standalone. Yeah. It was fun. It was definitely fun. Two franchises so, facing off. So, Lydia, this news will excite you, I think. I don't know Sorry if you guys about heard about this, but uh, Nicholas Holt has been cast in a new TV show, or I mean a new universal violent comedy coming out called Renfield. Mm. Um, it uh, A story about him being Dracula's henchman and how shitty a job it is. It's a fun, <laughs> extremely violent comedy because I've got a crutch in its violence. So, um... Yeah, I mean it's a comedy starring Nicholas Holt, uh, who of course plays uh, Beast in the X Men First Class movies, uh, starring as Redfield. What do you guys think of this?
1: Hmm. I don't know what to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't either.
0: I I'm excited. It I think it's a great idea. Because uh, if you stop and think about it, being a Dracula henchman would be a terribly shitty job.
2: <laughs> well, is he a ghoul?
0: No, Renfield is is uh, a familiar essentially. Yeah, mm, he's a familiar. That's a better
2: franchise to reference.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's familiar. You know where he, I was going, right?
2: Oh, uh, Fright Night. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Vampire in Brooklyn.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that one one day. That's a good one. But yeah, he's kind of the fam- he's a familiar and you know eats bugs and what have you. But mm. I think that's pretty good casting too. I think uh, he has yeah. the look to be a Renfield for sure.
2: I think he'll do well.
0: Um, this is interesting. Uh, another, this is another link in our series of Rob Zombie, uh, Munsters updates. Oh, good. So I've got some new pictures to show you guys from, uh, the new Munsters movie. Um, Rob Zombie just shared some costumes and, and what have you. So we—I'll share my screen and we'll uh, give this a look. See. Okay. So here's Grandpa's—the back of Grandpa's coat. It looks like. Okay. Um. Here's the front of this cape. Looks great. I think. Yeah. I'm assuming this would be Lily. Yeah. Yeah. And then Marilyn. I'm going to assume. Yeah. That or an astronaut. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, that one. Hmm. But here's the big news, guys. Are you ready for this? We're mm-hmm. going to show you what Herman is going to look like. Or at least what one of the molds of his head. You ready? Mm-hmm. There he is. I mean, he looks Herman-like. Looks pretty great, I feel like. Yeah. What do you think, Lydia?
1: Yeah, it's not too bad. It's it
0: hard, has
1: to, that, hard to hard
0: to say. That, yeah, it has that zombie aesthetic, of course, right? Yeah. But it's also very Herman-like. So that's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And here's costumes drawn oh, for them. So, Okay,
1: so that's the Lily. The that gown like, that we saw.
0: Yep, that looks like Lily's Lily's gown. And there's Herman's suit. And I mean Herman looks like Herman. I mean, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And here's some. Uh, set construction looks like they're gonna they're probably building the house. You think the facade of the house? Yeah. Mockingbird Lane. Yep, constructing a Mockingbird Lane. So they're rebuilding. They're building the house instead of using the one that's actually on the Universal lot. They're probably what I would have done, but you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, I, I'm just <laughs>
2: curious what their uh, what their budget is for this.
0: This would be a cool guy. Yeah, I am too. So, that's interesting. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I'm mixed. You're mixed on it? Yeah.
2: I'm not a fan of uh, Grandpa's, but Herman looks good. And uh, inevitably, it's going to be the material, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, I wish um, him the best. Yeah. Grandpa's kind of looks like you would find that in Hot Topic, maybe, but... <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, the spider web thing just kind of looks like a tablecloth that I have. Um, but, Very good.
0: but Herman looks okay.
1: Herman doesn't look too bad.
0: Okay, I figured I would just share that with you since we've been on this journey, watching these anyway. So once we get a trailer, we'll definitely review it.
2: Are you uh, going to mention the topic that you and I discussed today? Not that it's movie news, but it was something you uncovered.
0: Oh, yeah, it's, we'll talk about that right before we start. the. Actually, maybe after after it. Probably what we'll talk about.
2: Okay, yep, that's fair.
0: Um, so, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but they're making an uh, animated version of Night of the Living Dead called Night of the Animated Dead. <laughs> nice.
2: Is this the Dollar General version?
0: It has, uh, well, listen to this cast. It has uh, Josh Duhamel uh, as Harry. Dulé Hill as Ben, Catherine Isabel as, from Ginger Snaps as Barbara. Um, so it looks like it's just like an animated version of Night of the Living Dead. What are you guys' thoughts on this?
1: I wonder what the animation is going to look like.
0: Well, I can. That's going to make
1: a di- That makes a difference to me. I'm
0: glad you asked, Lydia, because I can show you what the box art looks like. You guys ready for this? Oh, yeah. There's the box art.
1: Oh, okay. If okay. it looks
2: like that, I'm down for it.
1: Yeah, that looks cool.
2: Looks pretty Unless good, it's right? It's just
0: cover art. Here's the full box. Looks pretty good.
2: <clears throat> Honestly,
0: that looks like it would be a better video game. But I mean, it would be a great. But it's coming out uh, on Warner Brothers Digital on September 21st and Blu-ray October 5th. Um, of this year, so that might be something we look out for, right, and give it a watch. Mm-hmm. you guys excited about the, the concept of this?
2: I am now more than I saw the cover part. I just hope they stick with that aesthetic.:
0: and how it
1: looks. Yeah, I think for me, it's going to have to be very much art driven to, to pull it off. I think Yeah,
0: I mean, Night of the Living Dead's a timeless story. Yeah, but it's also a story that's been told a bunch of times now. Yeah. Um, And with uh, diminishing returns, I feel like. I mean, they're inevitably going to be diminishing because you can't top George Romero's classic movie. I mean, the movie is already perfection. It's what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. But I really dig uh, the Tom Savini, George Romero written uh, one from 1990 starring uh, our star of Tonight, uh, Tony Todd. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to check that one out in the future. That's a great Remake in my opinion. i show showing my hand if we do review it, but whatever.
1: <laughs> I think there's a weird thing going on with animated stuff being remade, too. Um, I I uh, found out recently that they remade the original Pokemon movie. Like, the first Pokemon movie. They remade it? They remade it like today's cartoon style, where it's like, uh, like CG instead of like But is it the same movie? It's the same movie, different animation. Really? Crazy. That's
0: fascinating.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, I was kind of like, not for it. But that's because I'm old now. So yeah, I mean,
0: look, computer generated stuff looks great. The the new CG animation is great. But you know, you give me give me a Looney Tunes short any day. With that Chuck Jones hand drawn Tex Avery stuff
1: yeah hand-drawn that... i mean there's just something something special about it you know
0: magical yeah
2: uh i'm sure at least jamie you've probably seen this have you ever seen beowulf the it was an yeah. animated
0: mm-hmm. movie With, uh the angelina jolie one mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah i would have loved to have seen a horror movie in that uh next style type of animation yeah mm-hmm. that would have been pretty cool yeah i
0: yeah.
2: remember watching it and i was like man this so it's really
0: good. But anyway. It does. And they made uh, um, a Polar, Polar Express. And <laughs> you, they did make a horror movie because you, you get to see the dead eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I
2: guess. Is that the same technology?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same technology. I wouldn't have guessed that. But... Anyway. So last but not least in horror news, guys, the wall is going to get a little lighter because it's confirmed that in October they're doing a 4K HD release of West Craven's scream, so Ooh. it's getting the royal treatment, the uh, complete full 4K scan. Uh, so that's exciting news. And now my big problem is, also that comes out is the Halloween box set on 4K, <laughs> and I'm going to need those those those. Uh, Halloween movies. At least one, two, and three.
2: How many copies of the of those movies do you currently
0: own? Of Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> I only own the Blu-ray and the 4K of the original Halloween. And, well, no. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Because I got rid of the other one once I got the new Blu-ray set. So that's it. But I'm going to... Re- Give the old 4K because it's not true 4K a way to get the true 4K. It's not the same as Evil Dead 2, just because I own that motherfucker like six times. (laughs) (laughs) Can never have too many copies of Evil Dead 2, folks. Never.
2: That's
0: true. And build a fort out of them during the apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So that was kind of the horror news like I said not a lot of big stuff there was uh there's a new trailer out for um a new Red Brand trailer for um Don't Breathe Part 2 which we can look at in the future um that's kind of it uh there's no new you know Toxic Avenger news unfortunately Derek we'll get some more uh but <laughs> so um let's get started on candy man all right so this is not either of your guys's first time watching candy man i'm sure right nope nope okay so derek what's your relationship with candy man like when did when when was the first time you saw it and how long has it been since you've seen it before this time
2: uh, you know what? First time I saw this, it came out in 92. So it had to be the early 90s because I would have been just, you know, teetering, teetering on being a, a teen. So uh, it's probably the first time I've seen it. And then, oh my gosh, how many times have I seen this movie? Uh, I remember it used to be on uh, USA, <laughs> <laughs> the network <laughs> channel. They used to play it uh, periodically there. Um, so I mean, all in all, I've probably seen this movie a dozen times.
0: Well, I mean, I, I maybe I should. I meant how when's the last time you have seen it before this time?
2: Uh, did you and I watch it at some point?
0: I think that's the last time I watched this too. Was <laughs> it's been a while? Yeah, I... yeah, that was in the the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Been a while, Lydia. What's your relationship with Candyman?
1: Um, I probably didn't watch it uh, until. Um, I was almost, I was probably around 20 when I watched it for the first time. Um, my friends always talked about it and uh, one of my friends really liked that. It was like one of her favorites. So, uh, I finally watched it and I was like, okay, this is pretty good. And i watched it a couple times since then. And I just watched it not too long ago. So,
0: yeah. So right off the bat, Candyman starts with, um, like all movies do an intro, you know, like a, the uh, opening credits and it, and it plays one of the strengths of this movie, which is its music by Philip Glass. Are you guys? What do you guys think of Philip Glass's music in this movie?
1: It's really good. I love uh, it.
2: Yeah, I do like it. Uh, I feel like it it set the tone of the movie. That yes. opening scene. I mean, both figuratively figuratively and literally, it set the tone. I do feel like throughout the movie it might have been overused a little bit, but it definitely set the tone and it, it was very appropriate for the movie
0: yeah the it, it borders on it borders on being a little too bombastic at times, like a little mm-hmm. bit overuse, but the music itself is fantastic i I for love sure. the score I love the score i love the the whole um, um you know choral motif of it and mm-hmm. what have you so yeah i'm a fan so this movie starts with with that theme and we're showing basically the city and it's kind of setting us the tone of of what this urban sprawl looks like and and it's showing us kind of the has and have nots because the movie is, is to at its core is a commentary on uh social divide and um gentrification really
2: yeah this is the second week in a row
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. We we couldn't have programmed these movies better. They both deal with the exact same subject in different ways, you know. Whereas Wes Craven made a fun uh, a fun uh, comic book, you know, horror movie. Tony or uh, Bernard Rose makes a thoughtful, uh, scary uh, psychological thriller with mm-hmm. slasher elements. Um,
2: So one of the uh, One of the notes that I have It's kind of towards the end But uh, this was a very Like artsy horror movie
0: Mm, Yeah It's what Um, the the term that they like to use now Is elevated horror Like an 824 production Yeah Yeah, it definitely would have fallen In that line because it's definitely Not a a slasher for slasher's sake Which is what the sequels Devolve into Unfortunately Mm -hmm but uh this is a very thoughtful uh psychologically driven uh horror movie and it we get the but we also get the the classic tropes of a, of a slasher movie i mean it, it delivers the goods as well and the scares and the fun like mm-hmm. the opening scene is one of my favorites because first of all so you know it's them telling the 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 urban legend motif. Yep. And the whole movie's, you know, about the power of urban legends and the power of fear to especially oppress people. Um, and so they're telling this story that they heard about this person and we get this babysitter story. And the best part about this story is that the bad boy that comes in is fucking Ted <laughs> Raimi.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, as soon as he closed the door, I was like, damn it.
0: Lydia, when you think of bad boys, don't you immediately think of Ted Raimi?
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think
0: of the
2: Fonz, but...
1: Uh... Ted Raimi Love... gives the Fonz a run for his money. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is
0: definitely the epitome of cool. And The best part is he opens the door and he's, like, making that Ted Raimi cocky face, and I was like, fuck, fucking Ted Raimi. Almost took me out of the moment. I was like, Oh god, I love it. Yes. It took me out of the moment too. And that's only because in hindsight we know who yeah. Ted Raimi is. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh so he just did a as, great job. Yeah, he d- but it was brilliant. As soon as I saw it, I was like,
1: man, I wish Ted Raimi was the rest of this movie. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> just kind of hanging around. Yes. <clears throat> so he is the bad boy. This 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 babysitter is dating somebody else. And Ted Ramey shows up on his motorcycle in his leather jacket to sweep her off the like he just arrived from Greece too.
2: <laughs> you know, and uh now looking back in uh retrospect, like that story really parallels kind of the uh trope of the cheating husband.
0: Correct, it does. So she leads him into the bathroom and for some reason, because I don't know about you guys, but whenever I'm like in the mood and we're ready to, you know, I'm ready to start getting sexy, I take my lover into the bathroom and I look in the mirror and I recite Bloody Mary or Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, but you're not a girl. All girls do that.
0: Everybody oh,
1: Lydia, that. is this It's a girl. It's happens? a girl thing. It's oh.
0: a girl thing. <laughs> Yeah, that explains it. I mean, I was wondering why like, Sarah kept pulling me, saying, hey, will not you come in here and join me in the bathroom? And like, no thanks. And you're like, oh, that's gross. Yeah, like, no thanks. You can poop on your own time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she um, never listens, guys. It's fine. One of these days, she's going to be so she's mad. She's going to
0: listen to this episode and be like, Jamie, why are you telling people <laughs> that they poop all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Which is... <laughs> Poop actually factors into the story a little bit later, and so we'll get if, into that. If you told
1: her to go into the bathroom and say Candyman, she probably wouldn't do it. I
0: 100%, 100% agree she would not do it. She would be like, mm, fuck you, no. Not going to do it. So she does it. She does it four times. He, uh, Ted Raimi does it. Gets to four times, and then they quit. And she's like, most people only get to three. And then she's like, not here, downstairs. Then she looks in the mirror and says it the third time. And he appears behind her. But the best part of this scene is the shot of of Ted sitting on the couch drinking his beer. And he's like laughing to us.
2: (laughs) Only going to get some.
0: (laughs) And then he sees the blood. He hears the blood curdling scream and sees the blood dripping. And you find out that the baby died and she died. Bobby ran out, but his hair turned white from fear. But we never get to see that. I kind of wish we would yeah. see white-haired, Ted Ramey running around. But what are you going to do? Uh, so a very effective opening scene, I feel like.
2: Oh, yeah. It definitely lays the groundwork for what's to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Sure. In more ways than one.
0: So then uh, we find out why we're being told this story, which is we meet our main character, Helen. And Helen is doing a, a thesis on uh, urban legends and this Candyman one is one of the urban legends that she just recently heard so she hears about this idea of the Candyman, and um she has a uh she goes and meets her husband at uh, the university because that's where he works he's a uh, husband or he's a husband he's a, a professor at the university um and his name is trevor
1: And Trevor is a piece of garbage. Trevor
0: is a piece of garbage, played by the great Xander Berkeley, who is an extraordinary actor when it comes to playing garbage.
1: (laughs) You can,
2: I mean, he sets, uh, like, I even made a note of this. You can tell he's a douchebag from the beginning. Like, right from the beginning.
0: Yeah, there's no ambiguity to his his douchiness. Everybody sees it, except Helen. Yep. because i mean i just met the guy and i was like oh helen he's you're too good for him to honey come on beat it if yeah. i was alive in the 90s i would have thrown, thrown my hat in that ring
2: <laughs> you were alive in the 90s
0: yeah but i was like <laughs> seven
2: <laughs> you can't put an age on love
0: <laughs> oh my god this episode's gonna get demonetized we're just going to yes, cut that out. Yes, you can put an age on love. We'll, we'll cut and that I out, have. Derek. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. We won't let everybody know how creepy you are all the time. Hey, hey,
2: hey. My wife's in her 30s. <laughs> so am I. So.
0: Derek, of course, as we all know, is 87. So, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> so, um, she sees him. For, basically, he's first he's given a, a lecture over uh, urban legends um and he's talking about crocodiles in the sewer that whole story and about how urban legends spread the problem with that is she's writing her thesis on it he asked she asked him to hey don't do your you know your lesson over urban legends until after i do my thesis to turn it in and of course he's like well i have a curriculum i have to follow which doesn't seem like he does i think he's just a toolbox yeah
1: his curriculum was like you have to do urban legends right now don't tell your wife about it
0: yeah yeah and of course she also sees him flirting with a a female student which of course he plays off like he's not and whatever and she's more pissed off about the urban legends thing than the other thing because she's like oh i trust my husband he would never do something so terrible yeah even though i literally just met the guy and i'm like Oh, he's 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 definitely boning that that, that student. Like there's no question about it. Or him, at but... least wants to. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely laying the groundwork, if nothing else. And then uh, So then we get this scene of of Helen like dictating her her candyman story. And she's listening to it and dictating it down, uh, transcribing it. And one of the uh, Custodial staff of the university overhears her and says, oh, you're talking about the Candyman and she Tells her about her friend who knows somebody who died by the Candyman in Cabrini-Green So they bring them to Cabrini-Green or I mean so they bring in the woman who tells the story about a, um, a woman who was mutilated by a hook and the baby was mutilated by a hook and the police didn't do anything about it because they couldn't find the, the culprits and that it came from the mirror and all this stuff. So this intrigues Helen. So she starts doing some research on uh, Cabrini-Green. Mm-hmm. And she's doing this with her partner uh, who's helping her write the thesis, uh, Burnett, Bernadette, who is whose name, of course, her nickname is Bernie, which I think is actually named after Bernard Rose, the... The writer and director of this movie, I think that's his surrogate character, is uh, is Bernie, and uh, so she goes over to um, Helen's house, and they they are because Helen has discovered that the apartment that they live on currently used to be a part of the projects and was gentrified, mm-hmm. and now the rent is is much more, and the place got rebuilt, but they just plastered over certain things, and that you can the medicine cabinets you could literally pull out and go to the other apartment. Um
2: yeah I'd totally be uh on the phone with whoever because it's a condominium I'd be like hey you guys are fixing that shit right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. We gotta well, not sure. have that be a thing. Yeah <laughs> absolutely Which, uh,
2: you know this this really goes back to uh and I don't want to hark on it too much but like the systemic way that society like builds those walls between communities you know what i'm saying well but she said that uh they you know they, they literally built a transit system to cut the two off to create correct. a barrier correct between the projects and then they reclaimed in a way the yeah. building that she is in
0: correct yeah and well while, while this scene was going on i also noted in my notes um nice apartment Because that apartment is gigantically huge and super nice. I was like, God dang, they really did a good job when they changed it from the projects. (laughs) I'll tell you that. Right. Um, It has this great big view of the city when when she opens the windows. Um, So they, of course, go into the bathroom when they're searching this and they decide to say Candyman five times in the mirror. Except Bernadette only says it four times. And Helen says it the fifth. And she goes to sleep. And is startled by her lovely husband, Trevor, at like three in the morning. Who just stumbles in.
2: He was at the uh, office working hard.
0: Yeah, he was working hard at the office, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Her reaction to him startling her too got me. Yeah. Trevor.
0: <laughs> Trevor, what time is it? It's late and I'm smashed. I'm like, oh, you, you drink a lot at the office? <laughs> like, Yeah.
2: I was, was a at a freaking, party with some kids.
0: <laughs> what a dill hole. So then, uh, based off this knowledge that she just got, her and Bernadette decide to go and visit Cabrini Green. And, um, while they're there, they meet. It a... looks like,
1: on my screen, it looks like you two were, like, holding hands. <laughs> oh, did it? <laughs> you both leaned over. <laughs> hey, what are you guys doing up there? <laughs> well,
2: you know. Hey, I gotta tell you, because <clears throat> I think that uh, we might have skipped over Derek, this, stop! It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a prevalent part of this movie, and... For someone who hates people who smoke, not I don't hate the people who smoke. I hate the act of smoking, dude. This movie had so much smoking in it—so like much cigarettes.
0: The With 90s Every man. scene,
2: I felt like they were in a uh, in a bar.
0: Or well, something. it's like it they was, were kind ridiculous. of moving on some film noir tropes as well, because there's certain scenes that are lit very film noir.
1: Right, and um, remember when you could just like go into restaurants and smoke cigarettes? Yeah, it was a terrible time. It was a it was the wild west. It was I remember going to a
0: restaurant. This is a little bit off topic, but I remember going to a restaurant with, with mom and dad. And like say, let's say we go to like, I don't know, uh, Golden Corral or something. And I remember they would ask us, smoking or non-smoking section?
1: Yeah. And
0: it'd be like, non-smoking, please.
1: And then like, we'd sit in the non-smoking
0: section. <laughs> but then like two tables down is where the smoking section starts. So it's like Oh, thanks for doing us that solid. <laughs> smoke dissipates through the air, guys. It's not yeah. like there's a force field that it just hits and falls off. <laughs> oh, you yeah, used to be able to smoke on airplanes.
2: Uh, How crazy is that? A pressurized cabin
0: <laughs> full of oxygen. You also used to, I, rem- I mean, you just mentioned bars. And, uh, you know, for the, I, I played in a band for 10 years. And for those 10 years, smoking was allowed for about seven of them. So we, every time from a gig, I'd come home and just reek of cigarette smoke. You remember those days, Derek?
2: 100%, yeah.
0: Yeah, we'd come home and, you know, I'd be smelling like cigarette smoke. And, uh, you, you know, you hate it, but you'd be there to, to support us. So that's still
1: a it. thing. Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: That's crazy.
1: Like the I bar uh, that you played at, definitely still allow smoking in there. <laughs> yes, isn't it illegal? That, it's like, I think it's against Indiana. Not, smoke. not in certain bars, I think. Because hmm. the other bar that we played at, I wonder if they the food. Owner
0: just is doing it. <laughs> yeah,
1: if they don't, if they don't serve food, maybe that's maybe maybe that's maybe,
0: maybe
2: I don't know. So I, uh, since we're on a little tangent here about smoking, I used to sometimes go to bingo with my mom and my grandma, <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, I never, could never last an entire session because everyone in there was super old and they smoked. And like two hours in the three-hour session, I would like, couldn't breathe. I'd have to, uh, I'm going to leave. So I'd give my like bingo packets to my
0: mom. <laughs> <laughs> what the best part is you were actually playing bingo. You just weren't there to visit. You were like, I'm going to try to win some money while I'm here. <laughs> well, my
2: mom used to buy my uh, my bingo packet for me. She was like the bingo Terminator, dude. She'd be watching my card and her and my grandma's. She'd be like,
1: pop, 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 pop. <laughs> That's hard. It is, yeah. So, uh,
0: anyway, back to Candyman from we went on our anti-smoking tirade, apparently.
2: <laughs> Causes cancer, it's bad for you. Don't do it. <laughs> tie it in a bow.
0: Tie it up. <laughs> um... They go to cabrini Green and uh they meet Anne Marie, who is a um a resident of Cabrini Green and has a young son. Um and she tells them, she befriends them and lets them come in and, and tells them the story of the candyman and how the candyman um murdered the woman and she's she's afraid. She's afraid of what's out there in the walls. And the actress that performs that part does an amazing job, I feel like. I think the mm-hmm. performances across the board in this movie are great. Um, yep. But I want to single her out because she did awesome in that scene. And I was like, I believe that woman is terrified for her son and really just wants to get out of here. Um, so we jump from Cabrini Green to one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie, which is the, the dinner party scene. Uh, they're They're sitting at a table and we get introduced to Long-haired professor. <laughs> Long-haired professor. Appropriate.
2: You know, if you're in that restaurant, you're looking over at that table and be like, "Man, those, that that table's full of some pompous."
0: <laughs> yeah. You look at that guy. You're like, you know, <laughs> you know, he's full of himself. Probably just became dungeon master. Uh, he's ready to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. No kidding. That guy was weird, huh? Yeah, he's real weird, and he's and he's apparently <laughs> he talks like. Of- that. Yeah, I know. Like his voice is really what I mean, his his look and the voice together is what makes it like you don't want to hang out with that guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's like such a pompous asshole. Like apparently he's a professor of folklore. I mean, he's like, You he think you know more about folklore than moi <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
2: I wonder uh, when she tells him about you know what she's doing, he was like, Oh, I wrote a paper on that ten years ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: the- Best part is Helen hates this guy, you can tell, and she's like, we're going to bury you. And he's like, bury me? I wrote a paper (laughs) on it. Do you know the story of the Candyman? How can you bury me when you don't even know it? So this is one of my favorite scenes. Are you sure you didn't play this? (laughs) I was actually, guys, my acting debut was that guy. I just put on a wig and was like, the Candyman, you say? (laughs) We're going to film a skit with me having long hair, and I'm going to do that. We're going to recreate that scene. Lydia, you get to play Helen. You get to, like, sit there. And and Derek, you get to play Trevor, because, I mean, you just remind me of him.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, I definitely exude
1: Trevor vibes. <laughs>
0: yeah, perfect. You, you got it. You nailed it, Lydia.
1: I feel like her eyes are so big.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this scene is one of my favorites in the in the movie because we get a back backstory of the Candyman and The way this is shot. I was talking to Derek about this earlier today. The way this is shot is one of my favorite scenes in in most movies because A normal so an average way to shoot this scene would be to shoot it as a master and then over overs right and so you tell you know you have your coverage of of our guy telling it and Helen listening, her reactions and they might have shot it that way but the way they decided to edit it and the take they took is we start on Professor uh, Pompus telling his story about about the Candyman and then we cut to Helen and we're kind of at like a, I'd say a medium shot and as he's telling the story we just slowly push in on Helen and we just watch her with her cigarette and she just we see her reaction to each part of the story in the way she's lit her eyes are lit are, are yeah. bright and the rest of her face is not dark but it's darker and it's this beautiful <clears throat> image and they play it out with him talking and we just hear sound effects of the story so another way to tell this story would be to actually show the flashbacks right you have the yeah the professor say you didn't know the story of Daniel, and then he starts to tell it, and then we cut back to the flashbacks, and we see it happen. But for, for whatever gut reason, Bernard Rose decided to cut it this way. He cut it in this, so the focus remains on Helen, because she is our focus, and she's mm-hmm. Candyman's way into this world again. And I just think it's awesome. Do you guys like that scene
2: as much as I do? <laughs> no, I. Uh, Apparently I, not. <laughs> definitely took note of this of that scene because yeah. uh, it was a very emphasized um, perspective to have taken, and I think it was the right choice. And I'd be interested to see what kind of uh, you know other footage they might have had, or like even a storyboard of where they were going to go with that, and then that decision that they made. Although I will say that I I think that. Uh, it was, in my opinion, I don't think that he, she was his way back here.
0: Well, she—he was, his, she was, tried, his, yeah, she was. He was. Uh, she's his um, desire. In the rest, she of is the-
2: his desire because it almost is kind of like a reincarnation type thing. Correct. And uh, it seemed as if he only targeted her when she
0: started to stop to him. This, yeah.
2: Well, yeah. This, uh, like, disprove him right? Yes. Because at that point, I mean, he, people feared the Candyman, but then, you know, and we're going to transition here in a couple of minutes to somebody taking that name, which I'm sure he was all about because that person helped kind of, uh, you know, amplify that fear because it was a tangible person that people could see. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, and I I really like the way the movie ended. We'll get there, but, uh, But yeah, it was a really great scene.
1: Lydia? Yeah, I like that scene too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I also wrote in my notes, uh, long hair professor is deadly, by the way, in case we didn't, that didn't come
1: across.
2: (laughs) 200%.
0: Much of a weirdo that guy was. Yeah. Um, So Helen decides it's a good idea to go back to Cabrini Green because now she's pissed off because of old boy telling her, how do you expect to be me? So she goes back and by herself this time, and she encounters a young boy, Jake. Um, And she (laughs) basically does the trick that I used to do with my brother. She uses reverse psychology on him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, when my brother was young and we, Like, say we didn't want him to... We wanted him to go put his toys back. We'd say, Zachary, you better not go put that toy in the toy box. Don't you do it, Zachary. You better not. And then he'd go do it. So she uses the reverse psychology on him by saying, oh, well, I guess you're just too afraid. If you weren't afraid, you'd be able... I'm going to do it because I'm not afraid. And manipulates this young child into showing her where the candy man is.
2: Uh, Real quick, there's a scene that... uh... I think we might have missed it's either then or it's around this time where she goes in and she's taking the pictures and she Mm. goes through that wall. That was early And on the other side of that wall. When she comes out, it reveals that it is the mouth of the candy, the mouth of the candy man. Right. That
0: was such a great shot. That is a great shot. I completely skipped that. Yeah. She crawls through the mirror. Yeah. uh, Graffiti and finds the, the graffiti of the candy man.
2: I know, isn't there like a bag of candy with razor blades? There's it? a
0: bag of candy with razor blades. She cuts herself on it. She runs out of film. But every time she looks at the picture of the candy man, uh, she like freaks out a little bit. Like like she yeah. kind of shakes and like just has kind of like uh feels nauseous or what have
2: you. Yeah. And there's an intercut frame in what what we're leading up to now that we've met the the young kid of, you know. Of his face. I mean, yeah. it's real quick.
0: Yeah. So she decides to go to... He, he leads her to this portal, John, because he tells her the story about this small little uh, uh, toilet, basically. This this public restroom oh, looks...
2: Yeah, it was look, a young kid.
0: Yeah, to... so he tells her the story about how young kid goes into the, the restroom, and he starts screaming uh, because the Candyman castrated him with his hook and the big <laughs> tough guy runs <laughs> yeah. in and sees him laying on the floor covered in blood holding himself uh
2: so did you catch the uh what that kid says after he was like yeah
0: cut his stuff off yeah he said uh worse off fix that
2: better off dead
0: yeah better off like, dead
2: i, I, I beg to differ but
1: so he uh he probably heard that from someone you know yeah i'm sure definitely Definitely. Like so most she, kids, the things really cool. kids say.
0: Yeah. So they go to the they go into the restroom and inside this restroom is the most disgusting restroom I've ever seen. Remember earlier when I promised you guys that we talk about poop? There's poop all over this bathroom. Oh,
2: Literally. Yeah. It's a real shitty situation.
0: Yeah. Like it's just the writing is all in poop. <laughs> There's like just blood and poop smeared everywhere. And she, like, keeps opening the, the, the stalls and, you know, almost puking, which I would have been doing anyway. But then they get to, like, the, the last one, and it's all, like, written. There's poop written all over it. And I was thinking to myself as she was there, I was like, please kick that door open. Don't, don't use your hand. Just don't, don't do it. <laughs> she does, and she opens it to find, uh, opens the toilet to find a swarm of bees in the toilet. Because uh, the the kid, of course, said that his stang was floating in the toilet. Um, we see bees instead. So she,
2: the, which harkens back to the story.
0: Yes, uh, the the story of the Candyman, which is that he got he fell in love with this uh, beautiful white woman, mm-hmm. and once the wealthy family found out, they beat him. They cut off his arm, and then they covered him in honey so he would be stung to death by bees
2: yeah which uh it wasn't even that it, he was wealthy from the story I, I would take he was well educated
0: no yes uh, but the, it the was family was more or less a yeah it was a racial thing but the, the wealthy white family is the one that had him murdered they are
2: but yeah. i i would imagine because his dad i think if i remember the story correctly his dad like invented something to help with, yeah. like, shoemaking. So yeah, they were he probably shoemaker. wealthy themselves or as wealthy as you could be yeah. being black in that area. Yeah, that but that didn't matter. No, nope, it was a racial, racially motivated.
0: So um, she sees the Candyman for the first time, which is this dude dressed in a leather jacket holding a, a hook. And he, he says... Do you guys remember the line that he says to her?
2: Oh, yeah, I do. I hear you're so, looking for Candyman, B-Lady.
0: Okay. <laughs> we're each going to say this line like we said in another episode. So we're each going to do our best. Like, like we're gonna act like We're going <laughs> to act like we're the lineup, okay? okay? So, Derek, you go first. Ah, you'll go last. I'll go first. Yeah. So I heard you're looking for the Candyman, bitch.
1: So I heard you're looking for candyman, bitch.
0: <laughs> Derek, your turn. I just said it. Say it.
2: Like they would have? Yes. Or like I would have.
0: No, like they would have.
2: Uh
0: all right, here you go.
2: Hey, you're looking for candyman, bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's number three. It's Nailed number three. It. <laughs> It's definitely him.
2: <laughs> By the way, I switched to the bottle.
0: I noticed. I've noticed. So she, he knocks her out with the hook, smacks her and gives her a gnarly ass black eye. Like yeah, this black know. guy is no joke. Um, the kid finds her and, um, you know, calls the police and uh she saved and then there's the lineup and she fingers out the guy who did it and um he's arrested. And the re- the detectives like we we knew about him, we've been trying to get him uh but nobody would cooperate but you will and so we nailed this guy. And she talks to the young boy Jake again and he's like I thought you said it was going to be our secret. Now the candy man's going to get me. She's like the candy man's not real. He's just a mean person that does mean things to people. So,
2: so two things
0: at first,
2: I thought that kid set her up now, obviously after everything went down, he realized that he didn't, but I thought he set her up. Um, And then two, this is that point in the movie where like, she starts to cast that disbelief. Essentially he only exists because people believe that he exists power resides, where people believe power resides, type thing.
0: Exactly. And once she starts to call into question that, because the real Candyman, this real flesh and blood person, has been arrested, and they say, well, this is the guy who's responsible for these crimes, the the community becomes less afraid of the Candyman. And the Candyman himself can't have that. So after some time, uh, of course, Trevor comes home. She makes dinner for Trevor. And he's super late getting home. Obviously just got done
2: working late.
0: Working something.
2: <laughs> and studying um, for those exams. And she's like anatomy. So,
0: she's so sweet and like uh uh you know, doting for him, making this meal and everything. And first of all, guys, I'm gonna go off on a little side side note here. Who the fuck is Trevor? Like, does he not realize how good he has it? Like he is batting way out of his league in my opinion.
1: And um, I mean he he realizes later.
0: Yes, he does. He does. I mean, Lydia, do you think uh Trevor has the game at all?
1: No.
2: <laughs> he does. My opinion, I'm not a lady. I have no idea, but I think his game is his uh because he he does have a kind of a pompous way about him, but he does have confidence. And I mean, when he is the up in front and he's giving a lecture, you can you can tell that he thinks he's the shit.
0: Yeah, but he also looks like Trevor.
2: Now he does look <laughs> like Trevor. I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm just saying. I've seen some mismatched people in the world.
0: So, um, so do you think Professor Longhair is dating like, uh, you know, like <laughs> no. Courtney Cox or something? <laughs>
2: There's no coming back from that (laughs) hair. At least Trevor doesn't have
0: any to fuck it up. That's true. Trevor has way less hair. (laughs) If you put white makeup on him, his widow's peak, we could could be Dracula. (laughs) Um, I wrote at at, uh, this point that uh, Trevor sucks again. I wrote um, that
1: twice also. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) So she's in a parking lot of the the school. She gets the... uh, Bernadette gives her the microfilm of the pictures that she took. And Mm -hmm. she's in the parking garage about to go home when she has her first encounter with the Candyman. And
2: Question. Yes. How many horror movies can you name where like the the big bad doesn't show up until like two-thirds of the movie are, is over
0: it's about half through, it's, it's about half less than half through the movie well then
2: through the rest of the movie it has like ah maybe a total of like 10 minutes <laughs> it's,
0: it's kind minutes. of most older horror movies really like i mean if you think about it um you know like um what's a good example Nightmare on Elm Street, you see Freddy right at the beginning, but Freddy is also sprinkled sparingly throughout the movie. He is sprinkled, you're correct. He, uh, Robert Englund has probably about 10 to 12 minutes of screen time in, in that first movie. Um, So it's a great, but Tony Todd's performance is so powerful that you feel like he's in the entire thing. Yeah. You
2: could not have had his voice, dude.
0: You could I not wrote, have had a better Candyman. No. I wrote and in my notes. For
2: that
0: I wrote in my notes. Tony Todd fucking rules, because
2: he was perfect.
0: As soon as he comes on screen and he's like, "Helen," you're like, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. And all they really had to do was like amplify his, or like, you know what I mean, like yeah, just put like a little like,
0: reverb on it so it reverberates. Yeah, right. Because right. his voice is already that deep; it's amazing.
2: Yeah. And he, he
0: looks so cool. He just looks cool. And his hook looks really good because it has like. Nails in it and yeah. stuff holding it together until
2: it's severed, and because the last guy was holding the hook.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then he, you know he's uh, of course like starts delivering his his famous monologues of, "I am the whispers in the streets," you know, oh, "I man. am the shadows."
2: Did anybody have a uh, like? Did anybody go back to the Darkwing Duck days? I, I, I was am the
0: terror that yes. flaps in the night. I was thinking. I was thinking like, <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. But so, yeah, he appears. And what a great first scene for him, right? I mean, she starts yeah. to she starts to kind of uh, go in and out of consciousness as he's talking to her. And he's like, come to me, Ellen. Be my victim. Be my victim. And you're like, oh, my God, this guy.
2: Yeah, and so uh, this is, if, if you're watching it for the first time, uh, I feel like this is where you would have a couple of questions I did. Like, oh, do you have to like give yourself to him to be your victim? But that's not how it really kind of played out in the urban legends type thing. So it was an interesting choice that they took with her. But you kind of see that in the end when it alludes to who she kind of is.
0: Well, what's great about the introduction of the Candyman is this following scene. Because what it sets up is... Is the Candyman really an urban legend? Or is she just going crazy? Because after she falls asleep, she wakes up in the bathroom in a pool of blood um, and she doesn't know what's going on. It's not her blood. She's checking. She opens the door and sees the severed head of a dog, which is terrible, by the way. That's always the worst. Kill all the humans you want in horror movies, guys, but leave animals alone.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, don't kill snakes.
0: (laughs) No, definitely don't kill snakes for real. (laughs) We'll, we'll yeah, talk but about I that. I don't feel
1: anything for real. But also, yeah. I just wanted to point out that the last movie also had a Rottweiler that got that, <laughs> murdered.
0: The, these movies have very parallel. Yeah, yeah.
1: Except, you know, when
0: uh, Prince dies in uh, uh, People Under the Stairs, you don't really see it. It's not graphic. And he's fine. You know you know the dog actor is fine. This one, you know the dog actor is fine, too. But they have its fucking chopped off head laying on the floor. I hate and hate like... I don't like that, man. Don't yeah. like that at all. So um she picks up the meat cleaver because she's like, something's going down here. Walks in and sees Anne Marie crying in, over the bloody crib of her missing child. And she, of course, rightfully assumes that this woman just killed her child and killed her dog. Mm-hmm. She's in her apartment somehow holding a, a meat cleaver. And so she tries to attack her, and Helen fights her off and chops her arm. And then the police come in and arrest Helen, of course. And she's so confused. She's like, give me the detective. And then he's like, you're under arrest. You understand me? And she's like, I don't under, what do you mean? You know, do you understand me? Yeah, I understand. Um, because they, the kid's miss it. they don't know where it is. They're like, where's the kid? And there's this one great cop that says, you're sick. <laughs> Too, whereas this the speech is going on so she, I don't
2: know how you don't I mean if you're a uh, if you're a detective and they already it's established that they have a relationship
0: mm-hmm.
2: right how you're not more like trying to understand what the motive was like Helen why did you do it asking more probing questions then you're going down
0: yeah and it seems like it's a part of the trope for the movie to work because yes it seems that way like As I was watching it, that's all I could think of was, if I were in this situation, what would I do? Well, I'd say, check for my DNA. You don't see it anywhere. Um, I attacked her because she attacked me. Um, I've never been in trouble before in my life. Why would I just randomly come to this woman's house and steal it? These pieces aren't adding up. But she's also starting to kind of have a psychotic break at this exact same time as well.
2: She is.
0: So she makes her phone call to Trevor and it's three in the morning
2: son of a bitch
0: and Trevor doesn't answer the phone
2: yeah
0: and we see a shot he's not even in bed he's not even there so eventually Trevor comes and bails around uh, she asks him where were you last night when I called oh, I was sound asleep honey oh, I just didn't hear the phone ring and you know we're obviously like you lying sack of crap <laughs> So uh they go back to the apartment and she has this um they have a dialogue and Trevor leaves again. So they have a dialogue with their with their lawyer and they discuss how they're going to move forward. And then she goes to get in, she's in the bathtub and Trevor tells her, you know, I'm going to go I've got to run and get some stuff from the office. I'll be back. He leaves so she's home by herself and she decides to check out the um the microfilm so Mm -hmm. as she's looking at this microfilm she realizes that um in one of the shots that she took she could see the candy man in the mirror and he's there and creeps her out so um once she does that she starts to hear his voice again and um blacks out or she gets a call from her uh, from Bernadette, and she falls. And Bernadette's at the door trying to get in, and she wakes up and she's on the floor. She has a cut on her neck, and she's holding a knife. She can't she can't move. She's trying to come to her wits. Bernadette breaks in to see what's going on, and she encounters the Candyman, and uh, we get an off-screen kill. And I was at first disappointed with this. Like, of course, off-screen kill. But then in the, the next shot, once the police come in, she goes into the living room, and when she comes to, realizes that she's handcuffed, <clears throat> she comes to and goes into the living room and sees Bernadette gutted on the uh, living room floor. What did you think of that effect, Lydia? It
1: looked pretty creepy. Like, her face. I was really looking at her face more than anything because it was so pale and drained. Yes. Yeah. Scary.
0: <laughs> what do you think, Derek? Uh,
2: you know, I, I don't know how in someone who did it would have reacted, but just like her reaction of seeing that like if I were a cop, if I were someone, I would at least take note like, oh, she genuinely seems shocked and like sad like- that her friend just died and
0: taken aback. I'm assuming at this point they think that she's disassociating, that she is. And that,
2: yeah, and that very well could be. That yeah. she's
0: like, uh, has a um, some kind of psychological ailment. Well, I mean, um, they
2: send her to a psych ward and Yeah, so send a, for a she, month.
0: she ends up at a psych ward for a month in the following scene. There's a great scene the first night she's there. She's handcuffed on the bed, and the Candyman comes down and hovers over top of her. Yeah. What do you guys think of that scene?
2: Great scene.
0: Uh, So scary. I love the fact that he just, the way he's hovering and he's like taunting her. And then when the the cops come in, he lowers underneath the bed. And then she's like, he's under the bed. He's under the bed. And they inject her. And then the next thing she knows, a month has passed.
2: Yeah. By the way, you could tell like when the uh, nurse stuck the needle in her arm. Yeah, I saw it it too.
0: It was totally, yeah, like a retractable.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, a retractable but, uh,
2: needle. <clears throat> yeah, it was a great effect, and it was a great uh, like I could liken it to a game of chess, mm. right? Like that is him hovering over her, being like, ah, "I almost have you in checkmate." Like you're
0: because cause he's telling her, "I'm gonna take everything from you. You might as well just give up now. I'm gonna take yeah, everything from you. You need to be my victim." And, uh, so she still thinks that she has Trevor at this point. So she wakes up, a month has passed, and she gets hauled in to go see the doctor, Dr. Burke. Mm
1: -hmm. Of course, when
0: she said it was Dr. Burke, I thought it was going to be, uh, excuse me. I thought it was going to be Tom Selleck, uh, from Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Richard Burke? So we're introduced to this Dr. Burke guy, and he, uh, Tell, informs us that she's been there a month, shows us the video of her encounter and sees that she's yelling at nothing. And she's mm-hmm. like, I, this can't be true. None of this makes sense, you know. She's like, I want to talk to my attorney. He said, I'm working for your attorney. We're trying to prove that you're crazy so you can't stand trial, essentially. And he's, she's like, it, I didn't do it. It was him. I'm not capable of that. She's like, it was him and I can prove it. I can summon him so she looks in the mirror says Candyman five times and so then
2: first off maybe it's because she was on meds but i'd be like hey you need to call like 10 people into this room <laughs>
0: yeah well i don't think yeah i think don't think she's thinking clearly at all and so Probably she no. uh
1: she,
0: she she does, does it, call, it. S- says the candy man five times and then blood comes from his mouth the next thing you know he's getting like hooked <clears> from <throat> behind by the candy man and uh, he goes and undoes her her cuffs, her straps, because that's what, what I was thinking is if she stays strapped up, there's going to be no way for her to have done this. She could prove that somebody else didn't do it, but he removes her straps. So then she could have done it. She's free. Even though what weapon did she use to gut this guy from behind? Who knows? Uh, but then he says, you know, uh, come to me or whatever. And... Come to me. And then freaking. <laughs>
1: he says, come to me or whatever.
0: Or whatever he says. He says some <laughs> kind of flowery Candyman bullshit, like, Your blood of the victims flows freely through the seas. <laughs> some kind of eloquent Tony Todd Candyman bullshit. And then he flies out of the window, which also, if you look closely, you can see the harness dragging him out of the window. Yeah, oh, you, I'm yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's such a, such a great effect. Such a great effect of him just. Flying out of the window backwards.
1: It's very unexpected.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're just kind of like,
1: you know, what's he gonna do
0: now? Oh, there he's gone.
1: <laughs> Especially since he's like supposed to be like a ghost, right? Yeah, yeah. He's
0: not a very ghosty ghost. Yeah, he's kind of his mythology is kind of wonky.
2: Well, um, that, like the next scene that you see him in, he's like fucking taking a nap.
0: Yeah, and he's also like a, a like a flesh and blood spirit a little bit too by the end of the movie. Yeah. So. So she, uh, she escapes out of the window and arrives at the apartment. Oh, oh, this scene. What do you guys think of the scene where Helen arrives back at the apartment?
1: I love that scene so much. So, so do I, but I'm also,
0: I I get very angry at it. Yes.
2: (laughs) You know what I uh, took away from that? was when Trevor starts to enter the room and he assumes that she hurt herself and he like treats her like a child. He's like, Oh, did you get a little wooby booby <laughs> And you're like, what is she? Five?
1: Like, God, he <laughs> is such a jerk.
2: Yeah.
0: The way you said that reminds me of like the like the way that uh Tulon raises the puppets from Puppet Master. <laughs>
2: may or may not be the same
0: language. Maybe, maybe they're related. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, like she arrives in to see this woman painting her house this horrible pink color, painting her apartment this terrible pink color. And she's like, you know, basically like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? Yeah. And the the girl's reaction is great. She's like, starts immediately crying.
1: Dude, she freaks out.
0: Yeah. and Trevor comes...
2: Actually, it's a really great, uh, and I feel like, a, a kind of a natural reaction <laughs> that she would have had.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah, if you can put yourself well-made. in
0: her shoes besides her being, you know, a piece of crap that was cheating with yeah, the professor. Homewrecking. Yeah, if she wasn't Pussy. homewrecking. You can imagine, you know, she's, this woman has been accused of these grisly murders. Yeah. And is standing right in front of you. And yes. you know she's going to be pissed because you're painting her house and boinking her husband. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, her Pink, no less. Yeah, her reaction is brilliant, and I just love the way she kind of lays. It. Trevor, I wrote in the notes right here. Trevor is a coward fuck rag. <laughs> that was my actual note.
2: Very Cause, appropriate.
0: Because he's all like, you know, like, Helen, maybe we need to call the call this call, call the hospital. She's like, nobody's calling anything.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah, I love her in that scene. She is so scary. She's scarier than any fucking boogeyman, candyman, whatever. She's the scariest because she is like, I. she could probably kill him at that point.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's so angry. And the best part, though, is how she keeps her anger in check, except for she pulls, she slowly goes up and pulls the tablecloth, the drop cloth off the table. And then she's like, I hate this color scheme and throws the, the, the paint bucket against the wall.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> and then she's like, called him, holds the phone up, call him. And she sits down and she's like, what happened? You know, what's going on? I didn't kill anybody. And then Trevor starts to inch towards the phone. She looks up at him. and He's like, Oh, <laughs> goes back again. And she just walks out and he immediately goes over to the phone. Oh. And, um, so she knows what she's got to do now. She realize, realizes that she has lost everything. He, she tells him, you were all I had left.
2: Yep. My and
0: answer. once she lost that connection, she goes to the, the river and realizes what she has to do. Realizes that baby's life's in danger, and it's her life for the baby. Um, and she's going to give her life for that baby.
2: <clears throat> so real quick, I want to touch on the baby. Uh, because this baby's been missing for over a month. Yeah. Right? So there's a scene in this movie where uh, the Candy Man is feeding the baby.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What one would probably is, assume is his blood. That's what I assumed. Could just be candy that he put on his finger. Which mm-hmm. uh, you know, after we get done with yeah. this movie and we yeah. touch on, you know, so, what you kind of discovered today, it's yeah. gonna make more sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just assume that Candyman has just been uh, grabbing some Gerbers. Goes down I mean, to the local Aldi. It's, a, it's an option. <laughs> Goes down to Aldi, grabs a you know like a big twelve pack of the Gerbers, and he's just like in between killings, he's like, "It's time. I must feed this baby, so Helen will trade her life for me." Yeah.
2: Here you comes need the airplane. airplane. No wonder he was taking a <laughs> nap, man. He's been taking care of a baby.
0: Yeah, he's been taking care of... He's like, The baby's asleep. This is my only time to nap. (laughs) (laughs)
2: These are true statements.
0: So, she arrives at the Candyman's lair and finds him, like you just alluded to, asleep on the altar. Like, he's, like, legit snoring. She has... (laughs) uh, She finds the hook from the fake Candyman. And goes and hooks him as he wakes up, and he just pulls it out, and there's this great splurt of blood. Mm-hmm. Like, just nonchalantly, just this splurt of blood. And then he walks up, you know, to her and, you know, says, will you be my victim? And she accepts, and she he carries her like the Bride of Frankenstein. Such so this beautiful, gothic shot of him carrying her to the altar, and he's like, she's like, they're talking, they're having dialogue as this is going on, and she's like... <clears throat> he's like are you afraid and she's like yeah and he's like what are you afraid of the pain or what comes after both and he says i can promise you the pain will be exquisite but you don't have to worry about after we'll be together and he lays her down on this altar and he like starts like putting his hook up her dress and i'm like well oh, i'll get a little uncomfortable with this <laughs> <laughs> whoa 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 there candy man I don't think she gave you permission for that.
1: Yeah, like chill out with that hook, bro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know you like cutting <laughs> off pee There's none down there. <laughs> He's like, oh, it appears my work is done.
2: <laughs> now, uh, is it is it before or after she gives in to him that she realizes that, uh, like, she... It is... I, man, I don't want to say, after. like, a reincarnation. Yes, it's after. It, okay, it's we're after. getting
0: there. Yeah, so... She passes out, when she wakes up, Candyman is gone, and the baby is gone. And she sees the murals on the wall, and that's when she sees what you just were talking about, a mural of a woman that looks like her. And she realizes that she may be the reincarnation of his love. Yeah. And... um. She walks out of the room and she hears the baby crying in this furniture pile. It's like a pot. I guess it's a fire pile. I don't know if well, these yeah, are like... yeah,
2: even makes a reference to it.
0: Yeah, they make a reference to it earlier in the movie, right?
2: Yeah, when she's walking with the little kid. Oh, are you guys building a bonfire? Yeah, right for the party.
0: For the party, right. That's why it's there.
2: Yeah, I wonder and what kind of party they're going to throw.
0: <laughs> a furniture party, it looks like. <laughs> this Ikea is shit and so they uh she crawls into this labyrinth like apparently this, this by the way this pile has like mazes through it that she can just kind of chill out in and candy man's like chilling in like the what i would consider the lobby of this
2: the <laughs> lobby,
0: the lobby of, of i would body. call it
2: the uh the conference room
0: yeah and so she candy man's chilling there and she arrives and saves the, you know, tries to get the baby and Candyman grabs her and he, and as she's going in, she has the hook and Jake sees the hook and thinks it's the Candyman. So he goes and tells everybody and they start throwing gas on this. They're going to light it on fire to kill the Candyman once and for all. And they, so they light it on fire. And Candyman's like, this is going to be great. We're all going to die together. You know, we can live forever together, blah, blah, blah. And she can't let that happen. She can't let this baby die. And she needs to end the Candyman's reign. So she uh, grabs a piece of wood and stabs him right in the chest. Which earlier, by the way, I forgot to mention, when they were having their like, moment together uh, is when we get the introduction of his bees. He opens his chest up. The great effect. And you see all these bees inside this rib cage. And then Tony Ooh. Todd is, actually has live bees in his mouth. For the shots of the bees. And he kisses her with the bees. Uh, better, uh,
2: classic image.
0: A classic image. Policy. He had like a cup in his mouth, I think. And the bees were in it. That's how they shot it. But he had the bees all over his face and stuff. That's why they didn't cast you as the Candyman, Derek. <laughs> that is no
2: bueno. <laughs> um.
0: So yeah, this bonfire starts. And she uses a piece of wood a piece of firewood and stabs the candy man right in his chest with it and grabs the baby and takes off and the candy man starts to burn and he gets caught on fire. And that's how the the candy man meets his demise is through this ritualistic burning from the people of Cabrini green, right? Helen catches on fire too, as she's escaping with the baby and it burns off all of her hair. Um,
1: Beautiful hair.
0: I know. I love her hair. Her
1: hair is great.
0: Yeah, burns off her hair, and uh, she saves the baby. And manages to get him out. And she they put her out and everything. They realize that she saved the baby, and that the Candyman was what responsible. And so she didn't do anything. So they treat her as a hero, and she dies. And so the next scene we see Trevor, the, the his uh, tart in in college and long-haired professor standing at her. Those are the only people that go to her funeral until the people of Cabrini-Green show up. The entire complex in a line show up to pay their respects to Helen for helping them defeat the Candyman. And Jake throws the Candyman's severed hook that he found into her uh, grave with her so then we cut great to scene the, by the way great scene great scene full of uh so what do you think that scene means
2: i think it was a hero's uh send-off initially mm. and then you had fucking trevor who goes and ruins it
0: yeah no it was because she did sacrifice herself but the story that i think how it works is it was a hero's send-off but now she became the myth the candy man is no more Helen is now the myth. She's the urban. Well, legend. I
2: think yeah, I think that like she became the myth only because of uh, Trevor. Well is how I took it. Like it was a reborn, like it, it was a he was rebirth.
0: Well, because at the end of the movie, which we'll get to here in a second, um after Helen's death, Trevor is sitting in the bathroom feeling sorry for himself because he realized that Helen was great and this woman sucks. She just was good in the sack. And by the way, can I point out this T-shirt that this woman's wearing?
2: Uh, noticed.
0: <laughs> it's what, like she's t- not wearing uh, a shirt at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. You like totally just see your boobs through the whole thing. And I was like, I mean, that's a way to walk around the house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're at home, casual yeah. wear. I mean, you know.
0: And so she's, it's intercut with Helen making this like fancy meal. And her like throwing meat on the, on the, the, the cutting board. just like. <clears throat> and so he's feeling sorry for himself. So he starts saying her name as he's crying in the mirror. Helen. Oh, Helen, Helen. he says it five times and she appears behind him and says, uh, what's the matter, Trevor scared. And then guts him with the candy man's book. Yeah. And so he's, in the bathtub, when she comes in, she hears the yelling. Comes in and finds him gutted in the bathtub. Then we cut to the Candyman's altar, which is now a picture of Helen on fire. She's was the it her myth. on fire? It was her with her with her hair on fire.
2: Yeah, mm, I didn't catch that. And
0: she's the new myth. And we push in on it as the credits roll. So my interpretation would be she is the new myth. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, that was Candyman. Uh... <clears throat> what are your guys' thoughts on Candyman? Uh, we'll start with you, Derek. We'll get your pumpkin rating. What do you think of Candyman?
2: Um, I thought it was definitely well shot. I thought that there was some really great scenes in this movie. <clears throat> I thought they nailed the uh, they nailed the actors. Pretty much across the board i thought they nailed the music um they couldn't have picked a better candy man in my opinion uh i mean i, I really enjoyed this movie
0: What well, what's your pumpkin rating for it
2: oh uh, man so <clears throat> i'm gonna give it a seven um a
1: seven
0: yeah <laughs> seven. <laughs> I just had to do that.
1: Yeah, I just had to do it. Yeah.
0: Well, this one's actually not a bad rating finally.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I uh I don't know what I would have uh changed to make this movie any better. Um you know, at times I think that the pacing was a little slow. I had a critique about it. <clears throat> but uh yeah, you know, I I thought it was thought it was a great movie. I enjoyed it.
0: Lydia.
1: Yeah, um, you had a lot of good points there. I think music was on point. um, Cast was on point. uh, Direction was on point. I think, for me, I think the story was a little confusing at times. Um, When she goes into the wall and finds, like, the candy with the razors in it, that really confused me and then i i think they were meaning it that it was the fake candy man was doing that and so did was it him that actually killed um the first girl that was murdered because that was kind of confusing to me it's ambiguous
2: you mean, when you say first girl, do you mean like the first uh girl in the like the story that they told at the beginning or the, no,
1: the, the, the story the, Ruthie the, like, Ruthie Jean. Ruthie Jean. Ruthie Jean. It yeah. was in the newspaper and everything. Yeah,
0: it's it's really ambiguous because it could be either, right? I mean yeah. because it could be the candyman actually arriving and, and, and slaughtering them, but it could also be the fake candyman crawling through the mirror like Helen.
1: Yeah. I thought I think i'm gonna give this one a six because i do really like this movie but i think for for the story it could have been a little bit better for me just because i feel like candy man as a myth and a ghost kind of should have not needed to use that kind of like go through you know he could just go anywhere he wants to go he doesn't need to go through the mirrors
0: yeah, but, I mean, that's his summoning. You, you you have to summon him. That's his myth, is you have to summon him by calling him through the mirror. Right.
1: Well, and then that's one thing, is, like, through the mirror itself. But he was going through the wall through, from another room. Um. So in, I think that was cases, from the
0: fake Candyman, too. Some,
1: in some cases, mm-hmm. he's going...
2: Well, and I think
0: that was He's in the mirror. Maybe.
1: And in other cases, he's, like, somewhere else. Like, it's just some of the story just doesn't add up
2: they definitely could have been more clear on that and there they could have been more clear of like you know what was this imposter and what was not this imposter because the mirror thing uh makes logical sense uh, especially if you're trying to disprove this myth um but it also makes sense that it, the uh, the fake Candyman, how he would have committed some of these murders um you know to seem like the Candyman. Mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely see where that would be confusing
0: yeah it's uh the story's a little maybe um unclear i guess there's some sloppiness maybe to some some things uh but i really enjoyed this movie i liked i think the 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 story itself is good i think that the pacing is you said it's slow i think it's deliberately slow i think it's it a very be, yeah. i think the the pacing is perfect for this style of movie because it's a movie that draws you in it's a movie that starts to play with your 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 mind and your emotions um mm-hmm. i like the the music's great tony todd is perfect he is the Candyman, um and i really love virginia mattson as helen in this i think she's phenomenal in this movie oh yeah couldn't have picked a better heroine either she's awesome in this movie um i'm gonna give Candyman a seven as well um if it if there was a, a little more consistency with certain things i would have given it and eight or nine but i love the vibe of it i love the the class warfare that it's talking about and the racial warfare that it's talking about the yeah it's very similar to people under the stairs in that way uh, people under stairs is a more fun watch because yeah. it's goofy and crazy uh this is a more serious take on that uh same kind of uh themes yeah so i really enjoy Candyman. uh Compared to its sequels, it is a masterpiece of horror. Those sequels are, <laughs> are awful. Are awful. So, uh, before we get into the next bit of the show, uh, we know
2: quick, that there's I a new to, Candyman
0: reboot coming. I right? one
2: thing real quick. Yeah. So the only thing I think I would have changed about this movie is the... So the mythology regarding the mirrors, I, I like. I think that that's a you know, says a lot of things about the reflection of a person. But, I feel like they could have tied that into his mythos. If they would yeah. have had, like, if they would have, like, cut his hand off with a shard of a of a mirror or something like that. To, like, tie him or bind him to that
0: medium of how you summon him. You know what I mean? Which is what I was saying. And, I, and maybe maybe it's done purposely. Um... Okay. Because it is an urban legend. So maybe it's not supposed to make sense. So maybe the rules are to a different urban legend. So maybe the the rules are sloppy purposely because it's it's an oral tradition that, you know, oh well my my cousin June has a friend whose sister saw the candyman. And so in that game of telephone, maybe these rules get switched and changed and what have you. So maybe the things that we th- take as gospel, uh, such as his his backstory and stuff, aren't necessarily completely gospel. And maybe the rules are purposely kind of uh, vague and pliable because that's the nature of urban legends and mythology. Yeah. and Especially when could... it's not written down.
2: Yeah. And it, it also could be because he alludes to, like, he is a, a being of some sort. He is tethered to this world because his mythology, like he lives on through his mythology. Right. So it could also be that he just inherits whatever mythology they assign to him, like they liken it to, would call him through a mirror, and so you know, yeah, that becomes his vessel.
0: So I mean, that's stuff that maybe will get answered here in the future because we talked about yeah. the new Candyman they're making, yeah. and about how you know, we, I mean, we assume it's a reboot of Candyman. Well, as I was doing some research, I found out that that's not the case. The new Candyman is not a reboot of Candyman. It's a sequel to the original Candyman. Oh. So the, the story is, from what I've gathered and what i found, is it's about an artist who is down on his luck and moves into these apartments that used to be... So Cabrini Green was tore down and new condos were built in its place, like the previous story, and it becomes gentrified. But our main character in this movie is the infant little boy from the first movie.
1: Really? Yes. So he...
2: That's how you do this shit. uh,
1: That's how you do it. So then he is... That's awesome.
0: ...brought back. or So he's there and he starts... An old timer tells him about the story of the Candyman and he starts researching it and then the Candyman starts... So he starts seeing himself as the Candyman in certain scenes. Uh, We... <clears throat> From what I've read, Tony Todd's in it. I'm assuming Tony Todd is the Candyman. What? It. And we, uh, Helen's listed as a character returning. It's not uh, Virginia Matson, but it's uh, somebody else playing Helen. The actress that plays um, Anne Marie is in it as uh, Anne Marie, his mom. So it's an actual legacy story akin to the uh, 2018 Halloween
1: nice so doesn't that make See, you much more excited the, about this movie i was already really excited but now
2: <clears throat> that scene comes into play i hope that they play on it where he is he kept that child for an entire month and like where he's feeding the child I, I hope they play on it but i i love this idea very excited this changed the whole dynamic of the movie for me
0: yeah i was excited too i after this movie, after i watched this movie last night i was like uh, let me look up some stuff on, on Candyman. And I was like, oh, let me look up stuff on this uh, reboot. And then I was like, oh, this is a sequel. This is not a reboot. They're labeling it as a reboot, but it's not. It's a belated sequel to Candyman. They
1: want to surprise people, I'm sure. Probably.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I was excited about that. I was more excited to see this movie than it was before. So guys, you know what time it is. It's time um... to Candy Candyman.
1: I don't know if we can do this one.
0: Oh, I will go first. I will go first. Tom Atkins would 100% play the Ted Ramey role (laughs) if I was casting this movie. Okay. He shows up on a motorcycle, woos the girl, drinks some beer, and then he's out.
1: Yep.
2: It's going to be hard to top that man. Yeah. (laughs) Should have went first. (laughs) What's yours? Uh I would say the cop.
0: <laughs> That's that'll work too. I it's know protected. you did it. Yeah, work too. <laughs> Lydia.
1: Um oh I guess Trevor.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then you I mean I could see you wait I I mean I he does
1: it. have some qualities.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean the girls do flock to him, so that aspect's there.
1: I mean, and that would explain why she isn't like automatically just like mad and like dumping him because she would just want to stay with him, you know?
0: Yeah, because he's Tom Atkins, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. I I mean that's a good one too. I think all solid choices. I'm surprised none of us said long haired professor.
1: <laughs> I almost did. I almost did. <laughs> I don't know if he, uh might
0: get like, kicked a...
1: out of the podcast if I said yeah.
0: that. Yeah. We all know that I'm going to be the the new-casted (laughs) long-haired professor. You mean me? How dare you? Yeah. You think you can top me? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Derek, it's your turn to pick this week for what movie we are watching next week. Should we spin the wheel?
2: Mm -hmm. Man, I... I really debated on this one. I think think I'm going to go with the Monster
1: Squad. Oh, Monster Squad. Dropping the bomb on Monster Squad. Yep. I just watched Monster Squad.
0: I am not, but I will watch it three times in a row.
2: You just watched the Monster Squad? I just watched
0: it.
1: So do you own that one? No, I watched it at work. Oh, nice. I watched it with um, uh, customers. Oh, good. <laughs> Who Was it on TV? It? Yeah, it's on Pluto.
0: Oh, it's on Pluto. So there, we know how to watch it.
2: I own this movie, so I don't need to... So That's guys, go Do on it.
0: Pluto and watch The Monster Squad before next week so then you can be caught up to date with us when we watch The Monster Squad next week. Interesting pick, Derek. That's a good one. That's actually Dude, I love a really that good movie.
2: One.
0: Yeah, it, that's going to be a good one. We're going to have a lot to say about the Monster Squad. That's for sure. Yeah. I, uh, be- I mean, we've been on a run of picking really good movies. We haven't had a, a shit one since what, Puppet Master. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what are you saying,
0: Jamie? What are you
2: saying?
1: Yeah. Nothing.
0: Nothing. Nothing. We'll get Sorry. to we'll get to some more Puppet Masters here soon. There's, like, only 13, 14 left to do. <laughs> it's like, uh, what about finish, Bob?
2: like, the entire year uh, just on Puppet Masters. Yeah, yeah. It's like,
0: we should do one a month, a Puppet Master a month, and then we would still have to go into two months of the following year.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to watch more Puppet Master movies.
0: We'll watch more Puppet Masters. We'll, we'll, we'll. We'll get into those. Whoa, Derek! That was a silent sneeze, but it was forceful.
2: Well, you missed it. I mean, I just got there just in time to, to mute the to, microphone. to
0: you—you were just—it was so—it was like. <laughs> okay, guys. So there you have it. Next week, uh, Monster Squad. This week we have seven, six, seven as our pumpkin ratings for. Um the candyman. And uh thanks for tuning in. Uh we'll see you next week. And remember, if you're gonna scream, scream bloody, bloody movies. movies.
1: Well, wow,
0: Derek, you are <laughs> way behind Scream Bloody Movies. See you folks. <laughs> I drank it all. You did. Are you buzzing pretty good?
2: I am buzzing pretty good. <laughs> I haven't, uh, I have not had that much alcohol in a long time.
0: You drank a whole bottle of wine, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah.